0: Listener-supported Saint Gabriel Catholic Radio AM 820 brings you "Alive for More," a dialogue with Catholic young adults produced by AM 820 to encourage and inspire the universal call to holiness. And now, "Alive for More."
1: Back to "Alive for More." My name is Father Nick Venturn. I'm joined in the studio by Trisha Casson, Andrew Maynard, and Jenna Zims. But before we begin, Trisha, could you so open us up in prayer?
0: Of course. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear Jesus, we just come to you today grateful for the Catholic Church. And in particular, we're grateful for all those who have dedicated their lives to work for the Church. We pray, Lord, that you will continue to guide them and guide us in all that we think, say, and do. Amen.
1: Amen. 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 In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 So you might have heard some new names in the little introduction. Well, not really new. They're kind of old hats. And we're really glad to have here. We have Andrew Maynard and Jenna Zims. Andrew and Jenna, would you like to introduce yourself real fast? Before we just leap right into stuff?
2: Yeah, sure. I'll start. Uh, my name's Andrew Maynard. I've been on the show one or two times, I believe. Enough. Enough. During, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I taught for a couple of years, went to high school with Father Nick and Trisha and the other voice that's not here today, Joel. He actually so, went
0: to kindergarten with us. Yeah.
2: we. Uh, wow. Yeah. Trisha and
1: I have known
0: Andrew Lifelong for friends. a
3: yes,
1: long time. Many moons. Unfortunately. Yeah. Fortunately. <laughs> fortunately. Fortunately. So it's good to be back.
3: Yeah, and again, my name's Jenna. I work at St. Matthew, and I've done a few things for St. Gabriel Radio, and I think I subbed for this show once or twice. Yeah. Well, it's so, not uh, a sub. We, yeah. It's
1: your young just, adults.
3: Yeah, this contributing. is a show for young adults. Sure. Contributing.
1: There we go. <laughs> yeah. So today actually Jenna, it's really fortunate you're here. We're kind of, we were talking about, you know, and in a couple of shows we've talked about like what's the role of the priest in the mm-hmm. church, mm-hmm. you know, not just the whole spiritual roles, but the you know, the administration and stuff like that. And as we were talking it's really kind of interesting. A lot of people don't know it's not just the priest that mm-hmm. runs the parish. Mm-hmm. In fact, it's mm-hmm. a whole team of people that, you know, bring, make everything happen and work to that. Everybody contributes on their gifts. And it's just really fortunate you because you work at uh, St. Matthew's, I do. correct? Yeah. What do you do there?
3: So it's been a bit of a transition. I came on board, um, I think, initially to dream big and spearhead some evangelization efforts. And it just morphed into... Um, Really sharing Father's leadership. So what mm-hmm. I've noticed in parish life is there's just happens to be so many people in need. And obviously St. Matthew is one of the bigger parishes in the diocese. So it's a little different than, you know, maybe a parish with a lot fewer families. Like, like
1: the parishes I am yes, I'm at currently. <laughs> right. Uh,
3: so what I've noticed is people are just always in need. And Father is constantly called in a million different directions, which I'm sure you've experienced. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, priests just need help, I think, with leadership and parishes. So certain decision-making and even just educating people, serving people, they just, they can't do it all.
1: Right. And I mean, each of us have a call to, you know, serve the church in some way. We're all called, you know, in the priesthood, the kingship, right, and uh, the right. prophetic role of Christ. And um, I, I'd like to kind of toss this out. Like, do, do all the baptized have a role in leadership in a parish? Is it just for a few, or is everybody supposed to contribute in some way?
0: That's a great question. I guess I want to know more about what you mean by leadership. Okay. Because initially when you say that, I think of someone like St. Therese of Mm Lisieux, who's actually a doctor of the church, so has a huge role in leadership within our church. Mm -hmm. However, it wasn't actualized by like working for a parish or leading PSR
1: or anything does like that. that. Make sense? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean uh, an example, a model. Do you mean
0: leadership as in drawing other souls to heaven and and you know carrying them on their back and then yes, every baptized soul is to lead others to Christ. Mm-hmm. has a role of leadership in that sense. When you say if you mean it by like does every baptized catholic need to work for the church? I would say no. Okay. I mean, we need to be out with the masses. We need to be firefighters. We need to be nurses. We need to be teachers. We need to be CPAs. You know, we yeah. need to be in the world.
1: Mm-hmm. So, would you say like the parish community is not necessarily? It's it's a specialized role. It's not just for you know anybody who walks in the door. You have to come in with you know certain gifts, right? Or is you that you mean to
0: work for the parish?
1: Yeah, the parish. That's what I mean, working for the church.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that of course. Anyone could apply. It's up to the priest to accept your application. I, don't
2: I <laughs> yeah, um, I'd say everybody. We are the body of Christ, mm-hmm. right? You by virtue of our baptism, and so everybody has their role in the church. I don't think anybody at this table would mm-hmm. would disagree with that. But I I definitely think like if if I was to administrate a parish. Mm-hmm. With my gifts and talents and background, <laughs> So it, it would be ru- no. It wasn't. It's it's truthful. I would run it. <laughs> right I, away. I,
1: I would I would run it
2: into the ground I, I... because my gifts and talents are are lived in the church in specific ways, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that maybe you know maybe in some way on a parish staff I would fit in and, and do well and flourish, but in other ways I would you know I would tank. And okay. I think everybody <laughs> right. in that way
1: should recognize. Maybe should re- should yeah. or could
2: recognize that there's volunteer opportunities mm-hmm. in, and in, in God's will and, and in His eternal plan. There's no insignificant role, even mm-hmm. if in the body of Christ you right. are the foot, yeah. or the hand, and, and not the head. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's, um, you know, so I guess maybe a broader definition of leadership, or let's not be afraid to call our contribution to the church not necessarily leadership Leadership,
1: it's more stewardship in that case
3: well and you're leading somewhere right everybody has a sphere of influence and there's this great talk by father mike schmitz and one of the things he says is if the people you have influence over so for some people that's an immediate family for some people that's people you visit in a nursing home you know for some people it's co-workers for others it's a guy you see at the park every week and you just Mm -hmm. kind of started to learn each other's names. And he says, if the people in your sphere of influence prayed like you, would they become a saint? Hmm. Right. And so the call of the baptized really is to discover who Jesus is and who you are and then live that out, you know, with great joy and great beauty. And so I know even for me, sometimes at the parish, we have to stop ourselves and reorient our conversation. We don't want people living at the parish. We don't mm-hmm. want to have events, events, after events, after events, after events, and everything becomes this internalized, like, everyone come here and spend all of your time here and learn here and pray here and have fun here. You know, like, Jenna, thank you. You need thank to live you. your life the way you're living your life.
1: Right. Yeah. I, I mean, and you I,
3: come to the parish for nourishment. You know, you come to be healed, you come to be fed, and we want to do that well. That's what we want to do well as a parish. And then every single person, God willing, finds out what they're supposed to be doing on a daily basis.
1: Right. And I mean, as a priest, I know, I I think it's invaluable realizing that, that it's, you know, it's a place one goes to is like for a triage station. You mm-hmm. know, you come there, mm-hmm. you receive healing, you get nourished, but then you're sent back out into, right. you know, into the harvest to, you know, that prayer. A lot of people use that prayer, um, the, uh, that passage from scripture when Jesus says, pray the Lord send more laborers into harvest. I know they use it a lot for vocations. Right. Which is a good thing and it's it's a great connection, but I think that applies to everyone going out to be leaders in the harvest, to bring souls to Christ.
0: What passage are you talking about, Father?
1: I can I'm a good Catholic, I can't remember off the top of my head. the harvest is
0: abundant, but the laborers uh, are few. That yeah. yeah. Okay.
1: So the harvest is abundant, laborers are few. Mm-hmm. I I can't Exactly oh, no, that's, I yeah. didn't mean to put
0: you on the spot. It's <laughs>
1: okay. No, I love it. You, well, no, you, you often say you idea. don't mean <laughs> to put me on the spot, but you often do, but it's okay. You're listening to a live for More on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. You can listen to us Thursdays at noon, Sundays at three, or online, on demand at stgabrielradio.com. My name is Father Nick and I'm joined in the studio by Tricia Casson, Andrew Maynard, and Jenna Zims. And we're talking about leadership in the church. And now I kind of want to shift the conversation because as a priest, I know what my limits are. I cannot organize things to save my life. That is just not something Mm -hmm. I can do. I get ideas or people tell me, like, this would be great, Father. This would be something to do. And I say, wonderful. Can you pull it together and I'll make sure you have the support you need? I cannot organize things. If someone says, here, organize all these names and make sure they're Mm -hmm. registered, I would look at it and go, I have no idea what to do. I'm just going to let it sit there until I figure out what I can do. So that's why I love associating people who have these skills. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where, you know, talking about leadership in a parish is bringing other people's gifts and talents yeah. so that the, the boat can stay afloat.
3: Exactly. I suppose. So <laughs> exactly. I didn't
1: mean to rhyme there, but I guess it worked. <laughs> <That's
3: all right. laughs>
1: and just to go off that, Father,
2: would you say that lay ministry or lay apostolate in a parish is an extension This might be a Mm -hmm. a toss-up question, but an an extension of your priestly ministry.
1: Yeah, I mean, in in some cases, I mean, insofar as, you know, the teaching office goes, yes. But insofar as perhaps the, you know, government of specific things, I don't have that skill set. And so trusting someone else to employ that, I trust them Mm -hmm. to do that. Um, I'm not taking the credit. I would, you know, it's their work that has been given to them. But it is without the priest being there to associate people, it wouldn't happen.
0: Kind of like a doctor's orders. Like even if the doctor's not giving the shot, mm -hmm. he's still, it's like under his license that I'm working.
1: Sort of. But I sometimes, I I mean, where that analogy fails, I'm sometimes not diagnosing the symptoms. Someone else might say, I see that this is something like. Let's say a mundane example. I don't know the first thing about furnace maintenance. So I have to bring someone in to tell me what's going on with my furnace. It's not heating the church. I need you to fix this.
0: Do you think, Father, in a perfect world, if we had a bountiful, more priestly vocations... Things like the youth minister's job, um, directing our CIA, all these things that are fallen into the hands of lay people now because of the pre-shortage. I would say fallen. Uh, <laughs> well, have been delegated to okay. the lay person. <laughs> yeah. I mean,
2: it, it has arisen...
0: Yeah. so the necessity so, like, of yes, a lack of exactly. vocations. Yes. So like if we yes. did have more priests in the church, would these rules be filled by priests? Like is that the ideal that a priest would be the youth pastor, that the priest would lead the RCA classes?
1: Honestly, I don't know because that has that's never been my experience even mm-hmm. growing up because didn't really have an abundance mm-hmm. of priests even in my home parish growing up. So yeah. The concept of the priest doing all these different roles, or not the priest, but a priest doing all these things, I have no personal concept of that. Mm-hmm. I'd say that God's
2: will is lived in reality, and so it's an, almost an unfair question or an unfair assessment in the fact that the the church in 2018, we, we live in an age where there is a quote-unquote shortage of priests. Right. But that's where we are in reality, and so the movement of the Holy Spirit in this age in the Church has called for um, a great involvement by the lay faithful, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. with with the hope and and expectation that they are well formed and well catechized. Yep. in right. the traditions and, are, and yeah, teachings are of like the
3: Church, living up to what they're asked to do. Yes, right, mm-hmm. definitely.
1: You know, the the two things you know anybody wants for working in the Church is a sense of mission. And zeal for the church, you know, that's, those are the two, if, if you don't have those two things working for the church, it's almost, it just becomes a paycheck job Mm -hmm. rather than, Mm -hmm. you know, hey, this is, I am passionate about Jesus Christ. I am passionate about his church and I want to see the church succeed.
3: Um, Well, and I think that, Andrew, your point was so, that was so beautifully optimistic and true. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate it. Andrew's optimistic. (laughs) Right before you spoke, I was ready to say to Tricia, as someone who works in a parish, yeah, in an ideal world, a priest would be there doing everything, or Mm -hmm. a deacon or a sister. I mean, like, there's just certain elements that, and usually, you know, sometimes my role just at the parish is going to Father and say, put this on your calendar, don't move it. I can tell the people are hungry. They are in need and they need you. They Mm -hmm. need a dad. Like there is something in any specific moment in ministry, whether it's a certain phone call or it's a presentation with families or it's a particularly difficult topic or there's somebody, a community, you know, part of our community in experiencing great grief and loss. And there are just certain moments that like the role of priest is so vital right mm-hmm. just for emotional well-being you know, spiritual well-being and so um you know as much as there are amazing people who have stepped up to volunteer as much as you know, i get paid to do what i do there are just certain things that you want a priest present for. And so, mm-hmm. you know, ideally, because even what we've been trying to do a lot, and it's a long game. It's not it's not something we can plan one mm-hmm. event and then the whole culture is going to turn around. But what we like to try to do is just involve families to do more so that youth ministry isn't one person planning field trips and teaching kids how to pray. And it becomes more of a community experience. And same with RCIA. And, say, you know, same with... um Just any specific population that might be in need in the parish what we'd like to do is involve more people so that they can work in tandem with priests so sometimes I think I'm acting more as like an orchestra conductor you know (laughs) just kind of look okay we've got the violins here we've got this and so where can I put people together to make something really lovely
1: it's almost like a support system Mm -hmm. you know lifting Mm -hmm. it up and being able to you know empower uh, both the priest to you know do what he needs to do because I mean at the end of the day I'm not bookkeeper i I, I wasn't taught to do finances i wasn't taught to you know perhaps organize a you know teachers or volunteers that's Mm -hmm. where you know i rely on people Mm -hmm. to do that um trisha were we supposed to, like, ask Jenna about questions about what it's like working in a parish? Or... Are you
0: making me we the boss of the ahead. show? Yes, direction. I the am. Time is father asking me permission?
1: <laughs> well, I always ask you permission. See, there just...
0: is feminine leadership in the
3: church. No, I'm just kidding. And her well, name is, is
0: Trisha Cassidy. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Uh, I don't know, father. You don't know? What? We can, we, yeah, well, so um, I think J- Jenna is, like, such a beautiful woman. And I've got to know her. A lot in the past five years, we are in the same women's group. And um, I learned so much from Jenna when it comes to like the sacraments and sacramental prep and uh, what it takes. I don't know. So some of the questions I had for her were maybe questions I thought other people were thinking about, like, can you have non-Catholic godparents or Just specific questions about your job if you feel comfortable answering. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, before we get to that, remember you're listening to a live for more on St. Gabriel Radio. So if you want to stay tuned, you know, we're trying to make sure we keep in and, you know, ask these questions. So now tune back in to Tricia asking questions. (laughs) Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you there, Tricia. Oh,
0: yeah, no problem. Um, So I guess, Jenna, a day in the life of, because you do a lot of sacramental
3: prep at St. Matthew's. Yeah, or? I oversee a lot of that um on behalf of Father. So basically so he doesn't have to sit at his desk and answer every single question. You, I can mm-hmm. kind of be a resource for a lot of our staff and a lot of parishioners to mm-hmm. get some questions answered. Yeah, because and I what I've learned from him so those of you who don't know I do work for St. Matthew um in Gahanna and our pastor is Father Ted Sill and he no offense to anybody else, Father. You're probably second in the running, maybe. That's fine. Listen, he's, he's got to be the best, if not one of the best priests in the diocese, um, because he is so vigilant and attentive to what the church has asked, because we know that we can trust that. Mm-hmm. So anything that I can help other people with, I've learned because of his leadership and the way that he has um, taught me. Mm -hmm. So it's a great gift. And especially, I don't know, I mean, I know sort of about the community you all grew up in. I actually grew up going to St. Matthew. Mm -hmm. It's a vibrant place. It's full of great faith-filled people, but I'm not sure anybody was actually reading canon law (laughs) like when I was growing up based on what I'm experiencing now like I'm answering questions for my peers and they say well here's how it went when I was a kid or here's how it went 10 years ago and I'm answering questions that are like dude I remember that I can can say with great confidence that I had the same experience and what I can tell you now is it was wrong Mm -hmm. and it's really difficult kind of to reorient people like your whole experience of church in some ways there's no other way to describe it Mm -hmm. other than wrong yeah it's such a weird place to be to be re-educating people and trying to do it with gentleness and patience and trying to really share how beautiful the church is and how beautiful all the teachings are
1: and and i think that's something we can probably talk about not to you know i'm sure a lot of people can tell stories about oh this is what happened in the church and i'm upset about this and that's not like the intent of talking about when we say something went wrong But, you know, sometimes our experiences, and that just happens in life, you know, things, you Mm -hmm. know, may change. It's Mm -hmm. not how it always is going to be. I mean, uh, I can tell you how many times as a priest, I hear, well, Father, we always used to do it this way.
3: Right, right. And
1: it's like, well, I'm I'm not that person. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. No, I don't. I don't answer the phone every time it rings. I have someone who does that for me so that I'm not going insane. I'm Mm -hmm. an introvert. Thanks. Mm -hmm. So, (laughs) I mean... I I don't know, just kind of opening it up, like, how do we talk to people who feel that, you know, their experience of church has changed when, like, say, we're trying to do what the church teaches? What do we—how do we approach that but still not say, well, it was just wrong, get over it, but try to bring that? Have you ever had that kind of experience before we're trying to bring people, you know, into the fold, I suppose? Yeah,
3: I mean— Luckily, it usually revolves around a sacrament. So, like, if it's marriage prep, I'll say to somebody, "I, if this is really, like, if you love this man, if you love this woman, and this is where your heart is drawn... God wants you married way more than you want to be married. Mm. So at some point, you know, what can we do to start talking to him together? And what Mm -hmm. can you do to start talking to him on your own and have some prayer that you can find peace in the direction we're going? Or, you know, or with baptism prep too, a lot of times um, people just haven't been instructed well on what a godparent is. And I know i lived most of my life having zero idea of what Mm -hmm. that actually meant. Mm -hmm. And when you go back to the text and when you – start to live life in a more intentional way based on that it's, your eyes are open to all of this beauty and so again what I'll tell parents this isn't a closed door you know like God wants your child baptized probably way more than you do <laughs> so you know what I mean uh-huh. so let's work together let's start a conversation and some people respond well and some don't but it's it's a challenge because those are then the same people you are giving the sign of peace to on Sunday in the pews yeah <laughs> uh,
0: and so I think that's maybe where my intrigue is coming from because I guess I just thought like anyone could be baptized into the Catholic Church. What do you uh, mean? Like um like are uh, the church welcomes everyone. Like what would be an hindrance to not baptizing somebody? Does uh, that make sense?
1: I mean there there That's are certain, question. There are certain cases. Like for example if someone says, Oh, this is my grandson and I want them baptized but their parents don't want him baptized mm-hmm. I would say this is probably not the most prudent decision. So,
0: parental consent. Mm-hmm. Parental
1: consent is Does, one is thing. Is
0: parental, like, faithfulness a condition? Does the parents have to go to Mass?
1: I mean, y- they should, and we want them to, but it's not, if they if they approach and say, we want our child baptized, we can ask them, hey, we'd like you to be more involved. Could we please see you at Mass? Or could you at least tell us where you go to Mass? And then kind of, you know, there, there are, I don't know if I don't want I mean, to say requirements. I think but. Pastors,
3: because they're accountable to Christ Jesus for everything, for mm. all sacrament prep. So they I think in canon law it's written like they have to have a reasonable expectation that the child will be raised in the faith. Mm. Yeah. Um so a lot of what we do, again, it's not denying it, it's it could be delaying it. So like yeah. hey, let's talk about your marriage a little bit. Because if you're ready to start with sacraments with your child, but you're not really certain about this other sacrament that is one of the seven. Let's eat, oh, like let's yeah. talk about that. Let's open that. I'm curious
2: now if I can ask a question. Sure. Obviously without naming any names, but has there ever been a situation that you've been involved in, Jenna, where the the decision has been made to delay a baptism? Or did they not receive that well and then just leave
1: or
3: Yeah. I'm yeah, it's okay. it's really difficult because you want to be delicate and you wanna be encouraging, but you also have to be honest, because that's one of the most loving things you can be as well. Um, And also it's always an invitation for people to see the beauty of what God is doing and the beauty of a call that is different than the one they thought they had. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And
2: and I think that your, your job and your vocation in this role in the parish is, is really beautiful and powerful in the fact that there, these are critical moments in these mm -hmm. people's lives. And I think probably, where they're more open to receiving, uh, to being evangelized right. or re-catechized right. and wherever they find themselves in life. But there's a reason, you know, whether a couple is living together before they're married right. or this these parents haven't been to church in 15 years and bring their kid to be baptized, you know, there's something there that they had the courage or the, exactly. the grace to walk through the doors. Mm-hmm. And, that I mean, that speaks volumes.
0: Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah.
1: And most of the time, I've—I mean—being in a situation too where we've had to say, "Let's let's not baptize next week, but let's right, let's right. talk," you know, in a couple of months, where it was beautiful for the parents because I was able to sit down for with them and talk about, "All right, what are we asking?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, what are we asking to have done
3: mm-hmm.
1: uh, here? You know, are we just doing this just to have a party with the parents and right. godparents and stuff like that, or why are we doing these things?" And I think that's the whole. Um, the whole point of why we have rules in the church—not that we meant to sh- shift the the conversation this way—but this is, you know, why we have people helping out with this is that there's a lot, yeah, there's a lot well, to consider. Yeah,
3: and if you're listening, gosh, give any parish leadership a break. <laughs> 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 Can that be said out loud? <laughs> Please yeah. take it easy on your priests. Give them the benefit of the doubt, like. There's Mm. so much going on that nobody sees on a regular basis. And just for whatever reason, I've had the privilege to see just a little bit of what is expected of a priest on a daily basis. And it is, wow, it's a lot. Well,
1: I I do (laughs) appreciate that. And yes, there's, but you know, what makes it possible is having people there as a support system. I mean, that's, that's the whole point of, so, you know, if you feel, you, uh, you know, you've seen a, uh, parish position opening up, the two things I first ask you is make sure, you know, you're asking if that's God's will for you yes, at that moment in time.
3: it's not just zeal.
1: Right, it's not that just it zeal.
3: to be a good match for Right, like, but for. it's, you know,
1: make sure it's, you know, God is wanting you there. Mm-hmm. And then also, you know, it's about winning souls for Christ. Yeah. It, that's the whole point. It's to bring souls to Christ, bring them into an encounter with him, because I think one of the... I guess one of the things I'd like to help dispel in the next, you know, minute or so mm-hmm. people think it's a lot of bureaucracy. Could you think yeah. you can talk about a little bit about that? Like how, you know, we both yeah. balance both having policies, but right. then, you know,
3: well, it's like when people Pope Francis, when he wrote a Morse Letitia, there's so much about accompaniment. And so we even sat as a staff like, well, how do we accompany people? But the difficulty in all our culture is everyone's coming in with a timeline. That's mm. so different than the church. So it's, okay, we're here, and we want this sacrament, and we want it on this day, and we're ready. And then, you know, we kind of meet them with something else. So it's always just figuring out the truth of the person in front of you. Um, And, yeah, there's got to be a temptation all over the world for people who work in churches to start being bureaucratic and start, you know, everything (laughs) is red tape, and everything is like, we have to do everything by the book or it's not going to go well. And you can freak out a little bit. Um, That's a temptation anywhere. But please trust your pastors. Trust your parish staffs and if you don't start praying <laughs> and, oh, wow. and god will provide
1: well you know speaking of prayer you know we've we've had a good conversation talking about it i know it's very been very kind of an informative one a lot of people don't know about this but we would like to you know just offer this all up to the one who gives us these gifts and you would you just like to close in prayer of
2: course in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit amen. amen lord we thank you so much for our catholic faith we thank you for our priests and lay ministers. We ask that you give them the grace of the Holy Spirit, the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of courage to discern your will and to carry it out in their lives and the lives of all those they serve.
1: Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. amen. Again, you can catch us Thursdays at noon, Sundays at three or online, on demand at com. This is a Alive for More, and we'll catch you next time. God bless.
0: Alive for More is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820. Archives of Alive for More and all of our locally produced programs are available at stgabrielradio.com.
2: Venison